You're listening to the sermon podcast of Parkside Church of Christ, a church with Christ, with each other, and with our community in Dearborn Heights, Michigan. For more information about our church, you can visit us at our Facebook page or at our website, parksidecoc.org. On the night after Jesus' resurrection, on Easter night, or whatever you'd call it, do you think that when he finally went to bed, Jesus had stress dreams about the cross? A friend of mine asked me this question several years ago, and of course my initial internal reaction was, man, happy Easter to you too, buddy. At the time, I wasn't super comfortable talking about things like stress dreams, let alone talking about Jesus' stress dreams. My friend, however, was much more familiar uh, personally and professionally and academically with traumatic experiences and the process of navigating and surviving them. So it wasn't at all unusual for them to ask a question like this. And it wasn't surprising at all that I did not have a good answer at the time. Since then, of course, I have gotten much more used to people talking about stress dreams, especially over the past couple years. Wonder why. I remember a one Zoom hangout with friends back when that was the only way we could interact with each other, back when we were all several weeks past due for haircuts and had watched everything there was to watch on Netflix and had talked about everything else, which wasn't that much. We spent the entire evening telling stories and comparing our pandemic-fueled stress dreams. Mine always seems to include forgetting to turn in my high school homework for some reason. What's yours like? This is probably why, as I reread the Easter story again this week, I suddenly found myself remembering my friend's question. And the night between Easter Sunday and Easter Monday, did Jesus have stressful dreams? In the week between verse 25 and 26 of John chapter 20, and the Monday through Saturday between the night Jesus appeared to his ten disciples here and when he appeared to Thomas a week later, did Jesus occasionally have flashbacks to everything that had happened on the day he was crucified? In the 40 days between his resurrection and ascension, was he sometimes hesitant to go to bed? Did he ever rub the scars on his hand and reflexively wince at the memory of how they got there? I mean, even just the mention of those scars in this chapter raises these sorts of questions for me. Jesus has risen from the dead. His very real, very human body has been restored, resurrected, and renewed. And still, those scars are still there. The events leading up to this one have left a mark. Now, I have no idea if that mark includes stressful dreams and anxious memories, but my friend's question is at least helping me notice this obvious but overlooked aspect of Easter Sunday. Whatever else is true this morning about Jesus and the resurrection, over the past 72 hours, Jesus has gone through it which is actually surprisingly meaningful for us this morning. Easter is a day for those who've gone through it. 
And in this room and on this Zoom call, there are really only two kinds of people, I think. Those who've recently gone through something and those who are still going through it. I probably could have made that claim every Easter my entire life and been accurate, right? But I feel particularly confident that I am right about it this year. We've each got our things that we've gone through and are going through, and we've all got this shared thing that we've been through. As I think about the Christ is risen that we said to each other on Zoom screens two years ago, and the he is risen indeed we said from behind our masks last year, this Easter's unmuted, unmuffled proclamation feels like a real milestone. There is a real and joyful sense in which we can look at the past 25 months and say, thank God we got through it. And it's probably because of that hopeful relief that I'm starting to process and reflect on the flip side of that realization. We got through it. Man, we've gone through it. And for lots of people across the world and in this room in situations we all know about and situations most of us know nothing about, the thing that we all went through pales in comparison to the thing you've personally gone through or the thing you are going through. Today is a day for you, a day for us, for people who've gone through it, who are going through it, and are about to go through it. Because today is the day that we remember the story of the God who went through it, is going through it, and will go through it with us. That God so loved the world that this when this very good, very loved creation became very damaged by evil, very wounded by sin, very broken by death, God came nearer rather than moving farther away. When the world God loves went through it, instead of getting distant, God came to it. There are lots of good ways of telling the story of Jesus, but my favorite is also one of the oldest. Uh, to quote one ancient Christian, in Jesus, God became what we are so that we might become what God is. A God shared in our life so that we might share in God's life. God saw what we were going through and decided to go through it with us, through gestation, through birth, through puberty, through hunger, and thirst, joy, and sorrow, grief, and anxiety, pain, and trauma, friendship, and love, and rejection. Whatever it means to go through life, Jesus went through it. The thing that happened on Good Friday, the stuff Jesus went through leading up to the cross, it's all a continuation of this empathetic act of love that began the day God became one of us. This is the love that drew God into our life and into our death. It's the love that shared in the worst of what we go through. The love that led Jesus to the cross, that produced the hole in his hand where the nail went through it. 
Even if his story didn't extend to Easter, even if it ended right there on the cross, there is something deeply meaningful and surprisingly comforting about this picture of Jesus's life and death. The cross of Jesus means that the whole human experience has been taken up into God's experience. God has gone through all of the terrible stuff we go through, and it has left a permanent mark on who God is. The God we meet in Jesus is a God who's gone through it. God loves us so much that God endured change and pain and death in order to share in our life. This means that whatever we've gone through, we haven't gone through it alone. We aren't going through it alone. If there's one thing we can say for sure about who God is and what God does, it's this. God is love, the kind of love that goes through it with you. This is the love that led Jesus to earth, to the manger, to the crowds, the poor, the sick, the grieving, the excluded, and to the cross. But that's not where his story ends. The good news of Christianity, the whole point of today's celebration, is that Jesus followed God's love, not just to the point of death, but through it. Jesus overcame the power of the grave by going through it. And in doing so, Jesus invites us to share in his resurrection. Jesus lives with us so that we might live with him. Jesus dies with us so that we might rise with him. Jesus goes through what we go through so that someday we might go through what he went through. In other words, the thing that we're celebrating today isn't just the resurrection of one person in the past, but also the future resurrection of all who are in Christ. The Easter story is the story of Jesus and the story of everyone who has put their faith in Jesus. Our story ends where his story ends, not with death, but with surprising life. That's what makes the gospel legitimately good news. It's not just that God accompanies us in whatever we go through, but that God leads us through it into new life. And it's that promise that reshapes everything that we're going through right now. It, the process of healing and reflecting on all the stuff we've been through, the stress of navigating everything we're going through, and the anxiety of wondering what we'll go through next. The story of Jesus, the story of Easter, holds two essential promises in the midst of all of this. One, that we don't go through what we go through alone. And two, that we will get through what we're going through with God. In Christ, we get through despair and arrive at surprising hope. We get through tears and arrive at joy. We get through fear and arrive at peace. We get through death and arrive at resurrection. That future is not here yet. And I don't think God's asking us to pretend that it is, to pretend that it's fine, that we're fine, that everything's fine. We're still going through it. But that future completely transforms the way we go through it. 
It empowers us to grieve with hope, to respond to anxiety with peace, to navigate pain with patience. And it calls us to join God in joining our neighbors, our friends and family and strangers and enemies. It calls us to go through what they're going through, trusting in the promise of the one who went through hell to get to us and that that same God is getting us through by going with us. Resurrection is waiting to be discovered at the end of this journey, and Jesus is longing to be discovered on the road from here to there, extending a nail-scarred hand, inviting us to join in his mission, saying to us what he said to those disciples on that first Easter night, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. So in these last few minutes together, as we continue to celebrate Jesus' resurrection by singing a couple more songs, let's listen for that call. We've gathered today in order to be sent. We've been invited into Jesus' life in order to share in Jesus' love. And so as we move on and go through whatever today and this week and this year hold for us and for our neighbors, Let's go to and with the God who's been going through it with us.